1: parish wednesday march 30th, 2022 welcome back to the cbs sports ion college basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black matt norlander is here with me if you're watching live on youtube please smash the like button like your are brandon davis you have consent and if you haven't subscribed to the youtube channel yet um shame on you and I hope your life is cursed. Like, uh, I've, been, I've been begging you since November. Enough is enough. No, he's no, getting, no, no. Hold on, GP. You're getting ridiculous. Hold on. Now, listen, this episode in
0: particular is going out to a wide swath of people that might not be as familiar with it. So, so hello to those people. And two, listen, we need, like, only a few hundred more to get us to 6,000 by the night of the title game. So, if you have not done already, please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We want to be at 6K by the time that game tips off Monday.
1: Okay, let me rephrase if you're new here i don't hope your life is cursed i welcome you with open arms i give you a little hug and uh, i would uh ask you respectfully if you could please subscribe to the youtube channel for the rest of you though the ones who have been here the whole time you're the ones you're the ones i'm talking to let the record show that Norlander has arrived in New Orleans for the 2022 Final Four. I'm going to be heading that way first thing tomorrow morning, national semifinals that's set for Saturday. Dead leg, I know you ain't been there long, but how's New Orleans? You seen any Instagram models or anything else awesome yet?
0: All right, a couple things. First of all, do I need to be aware of any Instagram model situation? Is, is this in reference to anything? Or are we, are we thinking that just Instagram models are going to be flocking here because of the Final Four is here?
1: Yeah, I'm just always operating under the assumption that big okay. events are going to have Instagram models, and I, I look for them.
0: No, I have not. Too. Okay. Uh, we're a little punk rock on this podcast right now. Thankfully, I was able to get in and in, in check into the hotel, the same hotel you'll be staying at, and the same hotel that Nada theoretically will be sleeping in. However, Nada is producing this podcast right now from the lobby of the hotel on the <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> we had to get to make sure we got this up Wednesday afternoon. Hello to everyone watching live. We appreciate you. But Nada could not get, they don't have, a, I don't know, I don't understand how they had a room ready for me and many other people that checked in about an hour ago, and then suddenly Nada shows up and they don't have a room. Not cool well,
1: with that. Well, well, hey, I know one big difference between you and Nada. Oh, I'm just throwing I it I mean, out there. yeah, I don't matter. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there
0: not as the best uh can't wait to uh actually meet nada in person for the first time that's gonna happen on this trip there and uh so yes anyway new orleans is good it is windy as all hell by the way got in flight was okay not too bumpy but it the winds are heavy right now
1: you don't even know do you know my I kids know. are home from school today because of the wind i never heard of such a thing you that's get to stay in. you get to stay home because of the wind they like the wind they texted us last night they were like when, they were like, we're going to let the kids out of school early. And I was like, let's just don't even make it like I, it, my my little guy's school is like 25 minutes from our house. And I'm like, we're not driving in 25 minutes to be in pre-K for, for two hours and then coming and then got to go back and get him again. Just stay at home. So would they my little guy stayed at home all day today because of the wind. Wow. <laughs> that's, where we're at. that's really something. But yeah, apparently it's going to be.
0: Serious storms here later in New Orleans, so hopefully everything remains uh, as good as it possibly can be before that system moves through. But, yo, know, New Orleans is uh, is certainly ready for you, GP, and uh, it feels great to be back here. Have not been to New Orleans since the last time we were all here, 2012. Uh, Kentucky wins over Kansas in that Final Four. And obviously, um, I can't wait to experience the next few days on the ground, but this is a city with a very rich history of Final Fours being played here going back decades.
1: Oh, it's like you read my notes, dead leg. Believe it or not, this is gonna be the sixth Final Four in New Orleans, uh, but just the first since 2012. You know, the Superdome, which is now the Caesars Superdome, by the way, um, it, is, yeah. it, it opened in 1975. It's mostly associated with football. Saints games, Super Bowls, Sugar Bowls, uh, college football title games. But basically every big event you can think of has also been held in that building. Everybody has played there, from the Rolling Stones to Prince, Paul McCartney, Guns N' Roses, David Bowie, U2, Pink Floyd, Taylor Swift, Beyonce by herself, Beyonce with Destiny's Child, Beyonce with Jay-Z, Pope John Paul II spoke there, Muhammad Ali fought there, the No Mas fight between Ray Leonard and... Was it really? Held in the Superdome, Republican National Convention, held there in 1988, WrestleMania has been there twice. <laughs> I mean, uh,
0: th- th- this has got strong Superdome Wikipedia vibes at the moment right now.
1: That's all straight from Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> and yes, some of college basketball's biggest moments have also happened inside the Superdome. You ready for this? Tell me if you knew all this stuff. Okay. New Orleans is where Michael Jordan made the shot yes. to get North Carolina's Dean Smith his first title uh, back in 1982. Trivia time. How much time on the clock? uh 11 seconds
0: 16 seconds when mike jordan at the time hit the shot it's believed to be the shot that transformed him from mike to michael
1: i don't even know how that works by the way (laughs) how does hitting a shot change your name he was
0: because when you actually hear the play-by-play, it's Mike Jordan, Mike Jordan, and then I think then he got to be a bigger star, and people started to realize he actually preferred to go by Michael. So I think that yeah, I don't think I don't think when the ball went through the hoop, <laughs> I don't think it was that exact moment. But when he was a freshman, he was Mike Jordan.
1: Like uh, apply that anywhere else. Like imagine it's a baseball player. It's like uh, I don't know Bryce Harper hits a home run to win a World Series game, and Bryce Harper's like, and that's when. I became Joey Harper. It's like, what? How did your name change when you did something? It doesn't make any sense to me. The Superdome is where Indiana's Bob Knight won his third and last national title in 1987. It's Mm -hmm. where Michigan's Chris Weber called the timeout in 1993, which propelled Dean Smith to his second title. It's where Carmelo Anthony Mm -hmm. got Syracuse's Jim Boeheim, his only title in 2003, and like you mentioned, it is where Anthony Davis got Kentucky's John Calipari, his only title, back in 2012. A lot of great college basketball history in New Orleans. At least two of the most iconic moments in college basketball history happened in that dome. That's the That's Michael it. Jordan game winner. You got three. Chris Weber, yeah. timeout. What's the third? Oh, four. Four. Jordan? hmm
0: Keith Smart hitting the shot with a second to go to beat Q's is definitely up there. Sure. Weber, and then Hakeem Warrick's block to seal it against Kansas. Definitely up Hakeem there. Hakeem Ward's block is in the conversation. Without a doubt. Four iconic iconic plays. Then the most recent Final Four that we were in the building for, it was just a dominant Kentucky performance. And really, UK fans, I know, are kind of split between was the 2012 team or the 2015 team, the more dominant one. Kentucky not participating in this Blue Blood Final Four, but uh, there wasn't really a huge moment from that one 10 years ago. Uh, but certainly it was also a a glitterati if you will because you also had Louisville blue blood considering we'll get there in a second by the way and then Ohio State being the other one and that program in and of itself is plenty to uh, to brag about. So New Orleans has been gifted with a lot of a lot of good endings and a lot of really star-studded program big time schools at its final fours over the years. Funny how that works out. They should really hold final fours here more frequently than every 10 to 12 years in my opinion. I don't like
1: it. What? too much going on no stop it's too much happening (laughs) we'll find out huh i need places that say gp there ain't nothing else to do here it's time to go home is this the best the podcast is going to be for the remainder of the season, my man? This is the right best here? I'm going to be for the remainder <laughs> of the season. <laughs> this is to, this is the freshest you're going to see me <laughs> for the rest of the season. I, my man's had two
0: days of lead up time. He's, he's just, you know, waist deep in the Wikipedia for the Superdome. He's good to go for a solid hour here. From after this, well, we'll just kind of take it as it comes.
1: Look at me. I got a nice night's sleep last night. Shaved. I'm fresh. This is it. It's over for me. Next time, next time you see me, I'm gonna be like, I think, I think Bill Self's got one national title. It's gonna be tough for me, but I'll be, I'll be all right. Let's get to this weekend's festivities. What an awesome Final Four! Kansas, Villanova, Duke, Carolina. Three Hall of Fame coaches and a first-year coach. Four programs with a combined 17 NCAA tournament titles. North Carolina's got six in five different decades. Duke's got five in three different decades. Kansas got three in three different decades. Villanova has three in two different decades. These four Final Four teams have combined for 61 Final Four bursts in 17 national championships. Roughly 21% of all NCAA tournaments ever have been won by one of these four schools, including seven of the past 13. Bottom line, and I can't stress this enough, if you're one of the nerds who tweeted me and said that you're bored by this Final Four, which will, among other things, include the first NCAA tournament meeting ever between Duke and North Carolina in what also happens to be Mike final season on the sideline. Like, if you're really one of the people who tweeted me and said that, you're just, you're a miserable person. Twitter is a miserable place, and you're one of the people who make it that way. Shame on you. Dead leg. Here's my question for you. Yeah. I tweeted the other night that this is a Final Four featuring four blue bloods, and immediately people tried to tell me, no, 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 Villanova is not a blue blood. My response to that is more or less, um, go argue about it on Facebook, I don't care. (laughs) But I do care what you think. So do you have an opinion on whether Villanova is a blue blood or not? I actually do have an opinion
0: on this. Uh, I saw, you know, our friend, Bomani Jones tweeted out earlier in the week. There are six blue bloods, Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, UCLA, Kansas, and Indiana. He said the rest are nouveau riche, which is uh, another way of saying, you know, new money, you know, not, not traditional, not inherited wealth, if you will. But I reject the premise here. And I think, and it's not just Bomani, but Bomani's obviously a, a superstar in media and he knows what he's talking about and knows Duke Carolina college basketball altogether. But I do reject the premise that um, there was some sort of timeline that began back in like the 50s or 60s where these schools uh, were handed down this this title by the basketball gods and rings were carved out of lava from the mountains and the volcanoes and they're the only ones. That's not how it works because you know what? If podcasts existed in the year 1990 and we were talking about teams that were blue bloods, you know who would not be on that list? Duke did not have a national title at that point. It was a really, really good program. In fact, in some ways, in some ways, not always, this is an exact analogy here. Duke was a lot like Gonzaga to that point. It had been good for a very long time. It had not broken through. Mike Krzyzewski was not Coach K at that point. So my whole premise with this is, when did we decide when the Blue Blood situation became those six specific schools? Why is there suddenly this cutoff and no one gets to join it? That's just frankly not how it is, because you know what? UCLA wasn't awesome until John Wooden got there. There were no blue bloods in the year 1964, I guess. It has to start at some point. And so long as we don't, you know, kill off our planet, we're going to be playing the sport for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Do you mean to tell me 150 years from now, it's only going to be those six schools? Of course not. This will evolve and it will grow. So last year, I actually, or two years ago, in the dumbest pandemic of our lifetimes, never hit,
1: seen one like this. Never seen one like this, dead leg.
0: I spent an off season essentially researching a hundred plus programs and everything they had ever done. There weren't games to prepare for; like we had a lot of free time, and we had content that we had to fill that machine. So I went about trying to figure out, all right, historically, from a statistical and an achievement standpoint what are the best programs in the history of men's college basketball? And so what I did was I combined a number of factors. And we talked about this on a podcast after I did it. But to refresh your memory, I assigned point values to certain things. And so the most was if you had NCAA tournament titles, but also final four appearances without a title. You also got points for that. Regular season titles, conference titles, elite eight runs, you know, NBA draft picks, NCAA tournament bids, wins over ranked teams, wins a week spent as a ranked team, all this stuff, your total wins, your total losses, all of it went into a whole big pile and I counted it up. And you know what? Here was the top 10 when I did that list. And I got plenty more coming on why Nova's a blue blood, by the way. Here was the top 10 then. Kentucky was one. Carolina was two. Duke was three. UCLA was four. Kansas was five. Louisville was six. Indiana was seven. UConn was eight. Villanova was nine. And Cincinnati was 10. I'm not going to stand here and make the case that Cincinnati is an absolute blue blood. But... The other nine, yes, and in fact, if I actually applied the same exact formula and updated it with this season's results, Villanova would actually be ahead of UConn even before we know if it's going to win a national title or not, and even though right now UConn sits with one more national championship than Villanova. If you want to make a a case against UConn, I kind of get it because once Jim Calhoun got there, he completely changed the program, and it has been really, really good as of late. But Villanova, I just don't think you have a case, man. Right now, Villain, here's the deal. I think there's got to be a few different things that have to set the parameters for if you're a national championship blue blood level kind of program. One, it's how many final fours have you been to? Nova's been to seven. Carolina has the most with 21. Then you got UCLA, Kentucky, and Duke. You know, they're creeping up just a few behind 17 apiece. Kansas has 16. Indiana has eight. I think Louisville's got nine or ten. One was uh was vacated, and then Louisville's sitting there with seven. You also have to have at least three national championships, and that Villanova does. UCLA as has, uh leads the way, of course, with eleven. Kentucky has eight. UNC has six. Duke has five. Indiana has five. UConn has four. Kansas and Villanova have three. I would put Louisville in that group as well. It has it has uh three when you include the the vacated one under uh, under Patino, and then that's the list basically. Also, Villanova's won national championships with separate coaches. It hasn't been the one coach that's done it. That Duke can't actually sit, claim the same. Now Duke was good before Coach K got there. Shouts to Vic Bubis, of course. But this idea that you can't. Evolve and elevate to the blue blood conversation to me is just not accurate. Villanova's also ninth all time in NCAA tournament wins. It's been a staple of the NCAA tournament for essentially almost four decades. And I think another thing that actually helps Villanova's case in the spot GP. Uh, first of all, I love the fact that this final four isn't just a blue blood final four. It's also a basketball first final four. Carolina, Kentucky, uh, Carolina, Kentucky, Carolina, Kansas, Duke, and Nova. Sh- Sorry, Kentucky fans. Kentucky doesn't
1: to go to the Final Four. Kentucky fans got to be
0: like, actually, Kentucky fans got to be like, hating life at the moment right now because, you know, not involved in this. It's 10 years since you won your last one and all that kind of stuff. But the point I'm making here is that Duke, Carolina, Kansas, Villanova all put a priority on basketball over football. And only- Villanova is a true. It's in a basketball-only conference. It doesn't even have Division one high level football the way that the other three schools do. So all of that, plus the fact it's coached by a Hall of Fame coach, it's it's it won it in the 80s, which is you know considered the greatest, most influential, most impactful, important decade in the history of the sport. I could keep going on and on and on. But that's basically it. Villanova is a blue blood. I don't think it's just those six Villanova seven. I think Louisville's in there for eight. And then UConn to me is the one where it's like, hmm. What do we want to do with this? Now, it did win titles with separate coaches. Kevin Ollie did win a national championship with Calhoun's roster there. If UConn fans want to make the case, I'm certainly here to hear it. But Villanova's success, Villanova was also in the very first Final Four ever. So I don't want to hear this like they're late to the party. Literally the first NCAA tournament, they didn't have 68 or 64 or 32 teams in it. Kind of a small field. But Villanova went to the very first Final Four. It made one in the 70s. It made one in the 80s. And then, obviously, it's had this run under Jay Wright. I don't think there's an argument against it. We don't have to have six traditional blue bloods, and that's the only one. Duke had to eventually get there, and it had to win to do it. And I think that Villanova has done it to this point. I actually think this Final Four appearance GP is really what solidifies it. It got to it again. A national championship, I already think the conversation's done. But then it's really, really, really done, and that's all I got. You sure? Vicini just texted me and said, this is the longest you've ever talked on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm shutting up.
1: <laughs> I, but I'm, I
0: am frankly, like I'm I, whatever. I'm just this idea that you can't be a, a blue blood because you weren't this elite program before 1994. Who's who's deciding these arbitrary cutoffs? That's all.
1: Yeah, I forfeited the right years ago to ever uh, get upset about somebody else talking too much. So like do your thing. Well, I, and last leg. last thing, I was gonna write
0: a column about this, but frankly, I, I got a Coach K thing going up tomorrow. I just didn't have the time, so I, I did a U. I kind of saved it
1: for the podcast, and so <laughs> I had it. I had it. I had it all in the bucket, my man. For what it's worth, CBS and turner sent out an email earlier today announcing some stuff, and uh, it was it was titled this way: Blue Bloods, Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, and Villanova to headline 2022 Division One Men's Basketball Final Four in New Orleans. So. At least the people putting together the press releases, they call them Villanova, a blue blood. Three national titles, two different coaches, two different decades. Been in 16 of the past 17 NCAA tournaments. Conference championship in seven of the past nine seasons. Been operating at an extremely high level for most of the past 20 years. One definition I saw earlier today when I was looking for a definition for a blue blood as it pertains to sports is to, and this is a simple definition, but it said to have a track record record of winning isn't a 20 year track record long enough. If so, I'd argue Villanova is a blue blood. And if Gonzaga ever gets a stupid national title, <laughs> I'll start trying to make the it's gonna be for hard
0: them. for Gonzaga to get into that if it's not in a power conference. And I and I you know whatever we don't have to go down the Gonzaga route, but I there were there were people that will, will might actually literally die on that hill before
1: they call Gonzaga blue blood. So by the way, this will be just the second final four with two coaches with multiple national titles. That's a fact.
0: Do you, do you know? I don't know. I can't. Do you know the other one? Trivia,
1: Trivia time. time! Uh- what other Final Four had two coaches with multiple Final Fours? I mean, with multiple national championships. <laughs> that's happened before. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's, <laughs> that,
0: that's almost a regular occurrence.
1: What All other right. Final Four has had two coaches in it that had multiple national titles when they were coaching in it? You know what? You're not uh, going to get it. it. I you got know? it. I got it.
0: You really got not. it. It's 2011.
1: Because no, 2010
0: Duke won it. Damn it! It's not 2011. Uh, just give me the decade. Hold on, I gotta think. Um, I'm all right. So first of all, I gotta go every Duke title. So just because K has five, so 91, it's Roy. Let me stop you. It's got nothing Come on! To do with, why it's got, are you let me talk through this? It's got nothing to do with Duke. I'm just fast forwarding. It's okay. So Duke is not involved whatsoever. Nope. <sighs> Fine. Let me help um, you. And wouldn't have applied anyway. Okay, so it's not. It's not Duke. Um, it's not Self UCLA. doesn't have multiple. Let's see here. Uh, Seventeen, no. Eighteen, uh, no. Because Jay didn't have two at that point. Um, he want. You want a decade, my man. Multiple national championships. Dean didn't even get a second until the '90s. So '93. We're looking at '93. We're looking at Carolina. Uh, Michigan was a no. Um, uh, let me help you. Get- no, you're on the wrong path. Okay. Uh, and I'm not looking at the chat because the chat's probably put it in here already. So I want to get this organically. Um, uh, let's see. Multiple titles. Ty- so uh, how about this? Is is it is Wooden involved in this? No. Okay. I figured he wouldn't be because there weren't that many people that would have won a national championship multiple at that point. Um All right, give me a hint. Damn it. I don't want to I don't want to keep the listeners late.
1: 1950s I, is where you need to go. Get the
0: hell out of here, my man. So we're talking we're ta- we're talking San Francisco? Nope. We're,
1: we're talking Ohio State. Nope. This is back when Kentucky used to win national titles. So this is Adolph Rupp and then um it is a man who has a building named after him. Bill Henderson. Him. It is Bill Henderson. Henderson. It should have been Bill Henderson. It's not. It's There's Bill a basketball Henderson. arena named after this guy.
0: In the fifties.
1: He coached. So, the, so Adolf Rupp had two at this and, point and, and, and we'll another it, coach in the final four had two at this point as well. He has a building named after him. Fog Allen. Nope. Didn't think so. Same conference though.
0: Same comp. I got, I feel like I, Dick Harp. It's not Dick Harp. <laughs> Bill Henderson, Dick Harp, Fog Allen. I'm striking out. Oh man, uh, who else we got in the Big Twelve? Hold on, let me go through this. Not Oklahoma. Oh, uh, uh, a man, uh, Hank Iba. That's right, Henry Iba. Iba. Okay, Adolph Rupp had two.
1: Henry wow, Iba that's, had that's, two.
0: That's sneaky good. That 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 trivia question is sneaky good. How about that?
1: And Adolph Rupp ended up. W- Kentucky won the title that year, so Rupp got his third title. Oh, that God. Year. I just saw the chat. Everyone's saying Iba. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Mike Krzyzewski, by the way, if you're into this kind of stuff, is trying to become just the second coach to win seven NCAA tournament titles. Jay Wright trying to become just the seventh coach to win at least three. The other coaches with at least three right now, John Wooden's got ten. Coach K's got five. Adolph Rupp finished with four. Roy Williams, Jim Calhoun, Bob Knight got three each. Bill Self trying to become just the 16th coach to win at least two national titles. So, listen, a lot of people have won including Kevin Ollie. Uh, Only 15 people have two, and only six people have three. So Jay Wright, if he were able to do this, would put himself into a really small category that would include only him, John Wooden, Mike Krzyzewski, Adolph Rupp, Roy Williams, Jim Calhoun, and Bob Knight.
0: I said this on the radio Tuesday. Jay Wright's a Hall of Fame coach and a legendary coach. If he, if we are talking in the wee hours of Tuesday morning about this podcast, GP about Villanova having won, Jay Wright is a coaching immortal. You get to three, that's coaching immortality.
1: I mean, and it could be three in a six-year span. In a six tournament span, yes. Six tournament span. I hate that. I pandemic. know. I know. I almost didn't say it because
0: I know you hate it. No, but, but like not. we had,
1: we have to rephrase yeah, everything yeah. we say because of the stupid pandemic.
0: That's right. That's right. <sighs> so frustrating. But he's 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 knocking on the door of it. There's there's no doubt about it. It's wild. Uh, and and if it's Carolina, then come on now, Hubert Davis is the first one to win a national championship in his first year as a head coach. That's got to be the case. Steve
1: Fisher. Does that count? He, he, he was coaching for the first time and won a He didn't coach the whole season, though. He coached the end of it. He did coach the end of it.
0: So, that's almost as annoying as as the pandemic ruined the, the streak of the years, Actually, to be a frank.
1: <laughs> Steve <laughs> Fisher should have been coaching from the start of that season or just not coached at all. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's like, uh, there's a, it's an awesome Final Four. If you don't think so, you're a weirdo. We'll talk about each national semifinal next but first come on please be ready a word from our sponsors Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. At Robert Half, We Know Talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today. So let's get into the actual final four games. We'll take them in the order that they're going to be played Saturday, 6.09 P.M. Eastern, Kansas Villanova, TBS, KU, four and a half point favorite totals 133. Dead leg, I believe. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but mm. I believe on CBS Sports HQ earlier this week you said you were picking Kansas, but yeah. that you might change your mind as the week progresses. The week has progressed. <laughs> have you changed your mind? I, ha- I have not yet, but I still I maintain the right
0: until Friday to change to change my mind. Um, right here, right now, I'm still going to go with Kansas. Uh, Ochai Abaji, I think, is going to show up in this game and play pretty damn well. I'm actually curious to see how Remy Martin, uh, plays in this one and David McCormick, you know, Eric Dixon, will the bigs factor in at all? I don't really know. Um, I, I love the fact that this is a wonderful matchup from a coaching perspective, not that just bill self and Jay Wright are incredible coaches, but from a tactician standpoint, they're also very, very good. Um, and you know, they also have, have certainly different styles. Uh, so, to this point, Kansas has, you know, we talked about this on the pre- previous podcast, but it's it's gotten uh, a few breaks while Villanova's, you know, to a certain extent, had to, you know, do this the hard way uh, to a certain extent. And now it doesn't have Justin Moore. But as I also said on HQ, and I think I did say it on the podcast, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I 100% believe it. Um, I think that Villanova is as best equipped to overcome a significant injury. As any team, if not more than any other team, I, you know, I, I think if you think that Villanova doesn't have a chance to win this game because Justin Moore's not playing, you're not giving that program and Jay Wright and those players enough credit. It's not unthinkable to be honest. And and if you wanted to make a case that Villanova has a better chance to beat Kansas than Carolina does to beat Duke, I'm here to listen to your case. I'm not saying that's absolutely the scenario, but I'm here to listen to your case. If you think that it is actually, you know, what's on the table that Villanova can, can beat Kansas much more, uh, easily or more likely than UNC coming back um, and knocking off Duke there. So I will, I will take Kansas to win in this one. As of now, I would, I, as we sit here, what's our number? Four and a half. What's this number? Four and I'm a half. To, it is. I, I'll take. I would take Villanova to cover my man. I think it's just, it's just close enough. These
1: teams did meet on this stage four years ago. Do you remember? Not specifically, but I'm aware that that happened.
0: So the reason why I particularly remember this is this was the second game of the. <laughs> okay. What? That's no, no, just the way you said it. Um, So Kansas and Oklahoma uh, were was the second game of that national semifinal. Remember, Michigan beat Loyola in the first game. And I think I went to like the Loyola locker room and got stuff um, for a column I can't remember but anyway, I was in there late and so I actually by the time I was walking back out to my seat, I actually left and was walking pretty much parallel to Bill self as he was getting ready to go out and play against Villanova and he had you know he had you know the head coach always goes out last so he walked out by himself solo and he had you know he was like he was like, hey Matt I was like, hey Bill, you ready for this? He's like, oh hell oh hell yeah. And do you remember what happened after that? Villanova absolutely roasted
1: them. them. By the way, that Villanova team was awesome. Incredible, man. Like one of the, uh, you know, they had some injuries. No, we're not going to go down this path. But they had a a few injuries, and then they lost a few games in the Big East. And I think that sort of, like, made us think, yeah, they're a really good team. But, like, they're not all modern history, all-time great. That team is all-time great modern history unquestionably by
0: the way if you've not hit the like button please do so i assume we're giving out more paramount plus gift cards i don't know i mean
1: i don't know either command shouts to commander king he's commander king he's he's staying on commander king me and commander king we've got a we've got an instagram direct message relationship okay well (laughs) that's that's my guy and I appreciate him telling everybody to smash. As far like- as
0: I'm concerned, Nada can give the Paramount Plus card to him. Then I mean, yeah, I, give it to commander. Give King. it, That's give it to I'll, you know. I, wh- however, anyway, um, so back the- to the like button, like Commander King says, do it, exactly do it like
1: Brandon Davies would.
0: The but my one of my primary members of this game was. Um, was that. It was like Bill Self having a, a confidence about walking out and then Villanova just saying, see ya. Good night. It ain't going to be your night. Villanova was amazing. They trounced uh KU in that semifinal on the way to winning, obviously, uh third national championship and second under Jay Wright. So um intriguing that just four years later, obviously different rosters, same coaches, we get another uh semifinal rematch, this one being the undercard, of course, there. What are your thoughts on the matchup, GP, and what do you think will play out on
1: Saturday? Both teams enter. Uh, on nine-game winning streaks, So these teams have been playing well. Um, I mean, I just think the problem, to the extent – I mean, maybe it won't be a problem, but I'm anticipating it being a problem. Keep in mind, this is the same logic I used on Houston, and it never really worked out for me <laughs> until they got all the way to the Elite Eight. But, like, they just lost Justin Moore. He's a second-leading scorer. He's their best perimeter defender. And Kansas can attack you from the perimeter three different spots, right? I mean, Remy Martin is now a factor. Oh, obviously Christian Brown, like he could bounce it too, get out and transition and dunk on you. Uh, you know, Villanova just lost his best perimeter defender and they got to deal with that. I think that's a problem. I mentioned Remy Martin. It's now averaging 16.8 points per game in the Cincinnati tournament. It, it's like Kansas just added an all-conference player for its tournament run. Like if this were the NBA and it's like, ooh, this team was good enough to, you know, be a number one seed. And then they just traded for like an all-star. That's what Kansas has effectively done. Cause Remy Martin was a non-factor most of the season. Now he's very much a factor. Um, I- I'm assuming Villanova is going to go Colin Gillespie, Caleb Daniels, Brandon Slater, Eric Dixon, Jermaine Samuels. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, they barely play anybody anyway. So now you're going to get Chris Archidiacono coming off the bench, Brian Antoine coming off the bench. And that's probably it. I mean, Jay's, Probably just going to play seven guys. I mean, he only played seven against Houston and he lost one of them. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Anton didn't play at all in the Elite Eight game. They're going to, you know, he's a former five star prospect. Uh, Brian Hamilton had a, a, a nice column on him earlier today um, at the Athletic. um You know, he's a former five star prospect whose career has not gone the way five star prospect careers are supposed to go. But perhaps this will be his shot because he's going to have. Whether he's ready or not he gonna have to get in this game at, at, at yeah. some point um, because Villanova was already you know playing a, a limited uh, a, 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 a short rotation and now one of those guys one of the key guys is is no longer a part of it um you know Villanova they don't have anybody in the front court taller than 68 McCormick 610 Jalen Wilson 68 I mean Kansas is bigger and deeper. Now that sounds dirty, but it's true. Kansas is bigger and deeper, and I'm assuming that's going to be a problem for Villanova. But you know, I, I would I would say this: I'm picking Kansas to win and cover. But like, count I'm not betting it. You know, count Villanova out at your own risk. This is still a proud program with an all-time great coach, a two-time Big East Player of the Year running things. They can still
0: get this done. They can, I, you know, a couple things on this game before we move on to the headliner. One, I, you know, I understand that Duke and Carolina is and should and will be getting much more attention uh, than this game. I love this matchup. I actually really, really like this game. This is a what the, the fact that Villanova, Kansas is the appetizer is incredible and speaks to the strength and appeal of this final four overall, because Villanova also of the four schools here it's the one that's really doesn't you know I understand why duke has a hateable quality and has for so long I understand why carolina does just as much and and there are people outside of even the duke fan base who will say that because carolina yes it is It has a case as the greatest program in the history of sport right there with Kentucky as far as I'm concerned. That's what the research uh, bore out that I mentioned about 20 minutes ago. But there are plenty of people that don't like Carolina because, you know, the wine and cheese factor and all that kind of stuff. And it's just it's it's hoops royalty. And so it gets backlash on that. And then Kansas, similarly, for actually for a number of of different reasons with Kansas, um, one of them being like, you know, Kansas has long been so damn good that when you are that good in your conference for a, for just a year and decade and decade and decade, it will, you know, really give rise to people that get sick of you. I get all that. And then, uh, frankly, the the Kansas connection to the FBI scandal Where the weird backdrop to all this is that once this season's over, like I fully anticipate Kansas to get absolutely slammed by the NCAA. Yeah, oh,
1: like Kansas might win the national championship and they'd be banned from the 2022 NCAA, 23 NCAA yes. tournament. That's like very much on the table. In fact, some people would say it's more likely than not.
0: Uh, so that, yes, that, and you know, people think that Bill self has a, has a Teflon. <laughs> I'm just telling you that, that reputation, I think, We'll be going by the wayside. Because I do anticipate, like he'll they'll fight it, but I think that Bill Self is staring down a significant suspension whenever that punishment does come down, you know? So for all those reasons, Kansas obviously has uh, has its own enemies there. Villanova, like what? What like what is there not to like about Villanova? Can anyone like they They were in a conference, then they had to break off with the Catholic Seven to reform and keep the Big East name. They won as an underdog. They're still the lowest-seeded program ever to win a national championship. They're the only program that can really claim to have quasi-Cinderella status in a power conference while winning a national championship, which is what they did, obviously, in 85 when they beat Georgetown there. Jay writes as uh, approachable and likable of of a coach in a power conference that the sport has, period. So... You know, for the Villanova sect, I, I think it's the one that uh, the true people that are going to watch this game that don't have a, a vested interest in like they want to see Coach Gay go out on top, or they would love to see Carolina be able to do this in Hubert Davis's first season, or you're or you're a fan of any of these programs or Kansas. I feel like Villanova is actually weirdly the people's favorite in this one because again, there also is the feeling that it's like, is it a blue blood? Is it a not? And like maybe they get maybe winning one more, whatever. But there is that factor to it. So I love I love this matchup. I think it has a great chance of being a really good. Really close game and not really knowing who's going to wind up stepping up in that moment. And the other aspect of this game, and I'll just be quick on this and we'll have another podcast before the game's tip. um, But and maybe I go deeper on on it on that one. I just wonder if the Remy Martin experience like shows up in a good way or a not so good way Parrish, He's been quite good over the course of four games. And the man uh, certainly has had his uh, amazing moments, tantalizing moments, frustrating moments over his career, just in terms of what he's done uh, at Arizona State and at Kansas. How he's used, deployed, and how many shots he gets up for good or for bad, I also think is, is the true X factor in this matchup.
1: So we're both taking Kansas to win the game. I'm taking Kansas to cover. You're taking Villanova plus the points. Put that in the final four and one. We before go. we before we get to Duke Carolina, let me remind you that the inaugural HBCU All Star Game is going to tip off uh, this weekend, this Sunday, on CBS and Paramount Plus. You can catch some of the nation's best HBCU men's basketball players as they go head to head. Going to be 4 p.m. Eastern. Make sure to tune in early for the HBCU All Star pregame show. That's going to start at 3:30 Eastern, 2:30 Central, 3:30 Eastern on CBS. America's Most Watched Network. The second game on Saturday is going to tip at approximately 8.50 p.m. Eastern on TBS. It's the headliner, Duke Carolina for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament. Dead leg, are you brave enough? Are you brave enough to pick North Carolina? I'm certainly brave enough. I don't know if I'm stupid enough.
0: That's
1: you the think question. It's stupid to pick North Carolina. No, no, I'm just having a little fun here. That is uh, the-
0: listen, we are the first college basketball podcast that ever went to video. All right, and we are the college basketball podcast that broke the news that this is Mike Krzyzewski's final season. All right, we're also one of the few college. We might be the only college basketball podcast willing to talk about this game. Like it doesn't feel like this game is getting any attention right now. It's Wednesday of Final Four week. It's about damn time we talked about Duke versus North Carolina. Question for you: Mm. Who is better served? Right now, who's better served by the result that happened
1: in the last game at Cameron? Which team? Duke. Why? Because if what happened in Cameron didn't happen in Cameron, Duke would be 2-0 and against North Carolina. And um, a- at risk of maybe saying we've already beat this team twice, um, you know, we- we're going to handle this again. No problem. Um, but Carolina not only beating Duke at Cameron, but smacking them around, i i think duke will now be more focused than they could possibly otherwise be um this is a game they wanted in the acc tournament and then didn't get it Mm -hmm. but they wanted it uh paulo bancaro and we talked about this on a previous podcast i can't remember if it was with you or with uh cal Strongjaw, maybe david cobb but like you never see this you know in a tournament setting you know, a sideline reporter at the end of the game might, might ask. So it's either this or that, what do you prefer? And they say, ah, we're just focused on us. We just, we're just happy that we're good there and uh, we look forward to playing. And Paula was like North Carolina. <laughs> we want North Carolina. I loved it. I loved it too. And then Virginia tech beat North Carolina and we didn't get that game. So I don't know if you saw it. I um, did. And I love this even more. It was great. Tracy Wolfson, the great Tracy Wolfson. Uh, so Duke, wins its elite eight game over arkansas and tracy says hey i gotta ask um you know it's uh north carolina st peters in the elite eight who would you rather play and he said you're not gonna get me this time and went from there which yeah. i thought was perfect but clearly they wanted north carolina and now they get north carolina and i think they'll be focused for it could they be too focused too hype i mean maybe but this is the final four you're gonna be too hype anyway
0: yeah, so I, I, there's a lot of fascinating angles to approach this game. Uh, having that game as backdrop, um, I was obviously there at Cameron Indoor, and I do think Duke is slightly uh, in the better position psychologically with all this now because go. It's it's easy to forget this part after the fact is Carolina won, but I can. I, you know, everyone listening, listen if you listen to podcasts, read CBSSports.com, intake college basketball media, and you do it you know as as part of your daily routine as a sports fan you will remember this being the case and i wrote about it at the time the duke carolina game in the modern media landscape that when there had never been a scenario where one of the teams playing in the game was reduced to an afterthought and that's exactly what happened to north carolina in that spot it was we kind of got to invite you here scoot on over eight miles up the road get your 40 minutes in take the l head back home appreciate you coming thanks so much and because of that, I actually think it did. It really served UNC tremendously well. I also had detail in that column that night when they won like Hubert Davis, the previous game. I can't remember if it was Clemson. I don't have the roster up They or maybe it was Wake. They had won a game. And then like the second Hubert Davis walked in the locker room, the next game was Duke. And it was like no time to celebrate. Duke prep starts right here, right now, right here, right now, because they had kicked their ass the previous time. And all of that served Carolina well, kind of like sitting and hiding, you know, getting 3% of the media coverage leading up to that game. I think the fact that Duke went through all of that going up to the game, it was basically as big of a media event that you could ever have that's not in the Final Four. It was incredible how much attention all the media that descended upon Durham. Obviously, it had like a huge college football Saturday tailgate feel. You know, the the players had to talk about it. Everyone knew, right? So I think that actually serves Duke well that they – it's still going to be bigger here at the final four, but that they went through those motions. I think it actually does serve them well as for the result. It's interesting. I think in in terms of like the fans on each side of this, if you're a Duke fan, you're way more stressed on this. Like Carolina, I get it. You don't want to lose to Duke for the first time in the tournament on a final four stage. I, I understand that. Like, and, and a Duke win over UNC on, on a certain level. It doesn't, it does not erase what happened at the end of the regular season. It just doesn't. But if Duke could beat Carolina and then win the national championship, I mean, it's as much possible redemption as you could possibly ask for outside of like beating UNC in the ACC tournament, which just didn't happen. right? So I think if you're a fan of Duke, you're understandably your anxiety levels are a bit higher. If you're Carolina, they're still there. But man, <clears throat> GP, it just feels like, Like it's a bit of a house money situation. And if I'm UNC, even though we got to go in, we got to execute, we got to outplay Duke. Duke's played amazingly well. Carolina has as well. And it has under its belt the fact that the most recent time that these two teams played, we went into your house and we absolutely trounced you. We kicked you out of your own gym. So I think the actual, and I can't wait to see on Thursday and Friday how much that result is downplayed by everyone, even though you can't downplay it. Like the players are going to be like, that's eh, it's a whole new game. You know, that was that. This is this. That was then. This is now. I don't want to hear any of that. Carolina fans and the, those Carolina players know that they completely de-pants Duke in that game. And I think that does give them a little bit of an edge too. But I, I slightly give it to Duke because it has, you know, it's the one that gets to avenge the loss. They are one and one They are one and one Duke does have a win as well. Um, But I think everything, you know, pertaining to the mind going into this and the minds, I think it's awesome. This is the the biggest I got to ask this on Radio GP. Biggest national semifinal ever, maybe ever or or I kind of I kind of now we were I was too young. You were obviously I think you were sophomore year of college Duke going against undefeated UNLV the year after that one. Now that and. As a as a young I remember loving that UNLV team, but I was just, I was just, you know, I was nine, 10 years old. That one feels like it's the only thing that's close. But to me, Duke UNC, first time ever, Coach K going out. This is the biggest national semi ever.
1: Maybe Duke UNLV is considered the biggest national semifinal because of the way it result because of the result of it. Right. Not going into it, but because of the result of it. Whereas this is one that's going into it feels like it's
0: as oh. It's UNLV a, was undefeated. That's the only right. thing. So that was that, that did ratchet it up. We don't have an undefeated factor here.
1: Um, I went through a lot of the Carolina stuff on a previous podcast, so I won't bore you with every detail again, but you know, after they lost to wake Forest by 22, um, you know, they dropped to 12 and six overall. They had four losses by at least 17 points. They were down to 43rd at Ken Palm. They lost to Pitt on February 16th, dropped to 49th at Ken Palm. But since they lost to wake, they're 16 and three since they lost to Pitt. On february 16th they're 10 and 2. check this out i don't know if i've ever taught you this but i will you know once we get to the off season things slow down you can go to barttorvik.com and like put a start date and an end date and and um you know look at data from two defined moments in time and so if you go to february 17th, 2022 the day after uh, carolina lost to pit and you run the data from this from that point to this point in the season and it's a six week sample size, by the way. Not 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 insignificant. Six week sample size. Would this surprise you? UNC, according to BartTorbig.com, over the past six weeks, has been the seventh best team in the country. Duke has been the eleventh. Four spots below North Carolina. Be mm-hmm. careful, dead leg. Be careful. What, what, what number did you have for Carolina? Seventh.
0: Well, would this surprise you if you reduce nothing that, would ever surprise me if you reduce that and go tournament only Carolina has been the best team in the tournament number one in the country. Texas A&M number two, by the way, <laughs> Texas A&M in the in the NIT title game.
1: I tell you, if Buzz is going to go on a rant about getting oh, left God. out of the NCAA tournament, it's yeah, kind know. of uh, it's working out like this. Is what it's working. Got, this is what you got to do.
0: It's working. But yeah, Carolina is number one in the past two weeks in all of men's college basketball efficiency standpoint. Amazing. Amazing. I'm getting I'm getting clapbacks saying if I if I misstated, I'm going to be clear on this. I am not saying that the last game at Cameron was bigger than Duke versus UNC in the national semifinals. I said it was as big of an environment, not in a final four in the regular season as you could possibly ever have. And that's factual. That's true. There had never been a regular season game with more hype, attention, anticipation than Kay's last home game. And it happened against Carolina, but it's not bigger than
1: this. game. You haven't been talking publicly long enough. I learned a long time ago it is, I mean, it's been 10 years. It is wild how often people can listen to you say something and just totally misrepresent it or misquote. It happens to me every, I, I used to get people sending me stuff like GP, like I used to have like prominent people call me and be like GP, man, I, I heard what you said and blah, 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 blah. And I'd say, I didn't say that. That's not what I said. Well, that's well. Well that's that's what I heard you said. Well did you actually hear it? Well no somebody told me. Well please go back and listen and then you'll see that that person lied to you. Not intentionally, so maybe it wasn't a lie, but they misrepresented the point that I was making.
0: Understood. Um I'm going to take Duke to win. I haven't uh, I think I I'm leaning Duke to win, Duke to cover. I can be talked off that, but I don't know if I will be. I've you know, I'm a I've also been influenced here by the fact that I've seen every single Duke second in person since the Carolina loss, all the ACC tournament games, and then everything through the NCAA tournament, shooting 54% from the field. And I mentioned this on on the hit I did with GP on HQ. It's the fact that Duke has consistently gotten good games out of every single player that matters. There hasn't been a guy who hasn't been picking up his end of the bargain. Everyone is is producing, uh, particularly at the offensive end, but even defensively, Duke has been able to turn it on. And it's because of that that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take Duke to win the game. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'd love to be wrong. If you tell me North Carolina beats Duke, I, I will be wrong. And I'm not saying that it can't happen. It absolutely can. If ever there was uh, an opportunity for throw out the record books, yada, 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 it, it would be this kind of game. And Hubert Davis ending Coach K's career. His career is on the line in this game. And the fact that it's Duke UNC is just, it's utterly phenomenal, man. I, I, I feel, I truly like, I, I, this is going to sound you know cliche GP I feel blessed that we get to cover this thing these are the glory days okay right now right, right here. now oh, these are thought, the glory days I felt like my glory days were clearly no. behind me no. we're getting Duke Carolina in a final four and Kansas Villanova is the other one man this oh, is wow. awesome oh wow incredible I thought it was over for me but it's you're saying, not over
1: you're saying I'm experiencing my glory days right now
0: yeah what's that shirt by the way I can't read what's the top of that say
1: Says more. more is
0: possible more is yeah. possible And at this final four, more is very much possible there. Very much possible. So I will take Duke to win. Again, we'll break down some more of this. Hey, maybe I changed my mind before Saturday. I don't think I'm changing it on this. But I do wonder if, you know, because Duke's going to be overwhelmingly picked to win. I'll be interested to see who does pick Carolina straight up. Straight up to win this one. Uh, Because UNC will obviously have plenty of motivation to prove the haters and the doubters wrong yet again. But uh, everyone's on the ground here. All the teams are here uh and uh saturday it'll be here before you know it, but it does it still it still like a it feels like a little bit of a long walk before we get there GP.
1: i can't show you the back of the shirt because uh we got to get going here pretty soon but on the back it says on your first date long before you ever get married and then it says more is possible okay there we have it more don't you don't have to wait more that's is right. possible that's tonight. right i did get some hypothetical future lines on uh, the national title game from Bet Online AG earlier today. Before you say this, mm-hmm. I believe on the
0: last podcast, I told you Duke should and would be the favorite to win the national championship, and you said it would
1: be Kansas. That's true. Okay. I was wrong. You were right.
0: Oh, I, don't I don't have it. I should have it queued up. Okay, hold but, on, hold what, on.
1: but what I'm about to hit you with, what I'm about to hit you with might put a wrench into things. I was wrong.
0: I know, I know. That's why I I saw your tweet. But yeah,
1: go ahead. So if it ends up being Kansas against Duke in the title game, which is what you know, that's the most likely of the possibilities. That's the most likely one. Come on, Duke. According to Bet Online AG. Now listen, it, other places it might be different. This is strictly according to them. This AGP's numbers. This is Bet Online AG. Kansas would be a one point favorite over Duke. If it's Kansas North Carolina, Kansas would be a five point favorite over North Carolina. If it ends up being Duke-Villanova, Duke would be a a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Jay Wright's Wildcats. And if it is Villanova-North Carolina in the title game, Villanova would be a a one-and-a-half-point favorite over North Carolina. So Mm. I I recognize that in the betting markets right now, Duke is a slight favorite to win this title above Kansas. But according to Bet Online AG, if Duke-Kansas play on Monday night, they would post Kansas as a one-point favorite.
0: Let's go do
1: it. Come on. I mean, I gotta wear out the soundboard over the next
0: few days. Like, can we can we acknowledge again just this is incredible? Let's go do it. Come on. This was Mike Shoshewski trying to drum up and dream up new chance. (laughs) Remember when that happened? He's they first of all, the fan base was belovedly like saying, Capel, you're our guy, come sit with us, Capel, and like in an endearing way, he scolds the hell out of them. Remember that mid game, he stares them down. You got these, you got these two freshmen, these trust fund kids who don't even know how to react. They don't know what to do. They've never been looked at like this in their entire life. And then after the game, he's all ticked off on that. Let's, let's, let's think of a new chair. (laughs) Incredible.
1: There's like this cliche about old people getting irrationally mad about nothing. And yet he does it all the time. (laughs) Defense. Do you see it the other night when uh, they were doing the post-game interview and Tracy was talking to, to Mike and Paolo was like, and when, maybe Wendell was right, they were right behind him. And Paolo was like, this the GOAT, this the GOAT. Yeah. And Kay turned <laughs> around and he was like, shut up. <laughs> He's constantly
0: telling people to shut up. Oh, man. And, and yet on that note, I will say, because I asked Kay about this in San Francisco, I will say that he has appeared to be fairly – as loose as he possibly could be and really soaking this all in. This was v- extremely palpable in, in Greenville in particular, San Francisco. Yes, but, but Greenville, especially there where, you know, he's kind of like, all right, I got to really, you know, take a look around and soak this all in. Cause I'm not going to get to experience this again. So we will, uh, we'll see if it ends on Saturday or not. It's an incredible thing either way, either he's going to the title game in his last year. Are you kidding me? Or you've got Carolina, with the all-time walk-off, man. The uh, I mean, th- there there is there is no coming back from that. If you're a Duke fan, it doesn't matter if you win the next four national championships under John Shire. If Carolina and Hubert Davis can say they beat you at K's Final Home Game, and then they booted you out of the Final Four in the first time you ever met in the tournament, and that was K's last game, K might have to unretire. I mean, I don't know if he can actually go out like that. He might have to be like, it's it's not over for me. I got to pull a Brady here. It's not over for me. I don't know. We'll wait and see on it. I can't wait. Um, So we got, uh, before you wrap here, GP, uh, so you're about, you're about to head down to New Orleans. We cannot wait for you to get down here. Uh, when are we seeing you again on this podcast, though? That's the question. I mean.
1: I mean, we have a long email chain discussing this. Yeah, <laughs> <have>, I mean. <laughs> I don't know that it's been settled yet. Basically, we'll just be transparent. Here's the deal. Ask the people what they want. Let the people decide. So there's a window. Uh, on Thursday. Yeah. So that we could do the Iron College Basketball Podcast live from the CBS Sports HQ set. But the window is from 4 30 Central to 5 o'clock Central. It's got to be in those 30 minutes. I can't be there. I have a production meeting that's going to last probably till at least 6 o'clock. I can't be there. So the options are Iron College Basketball Podcast without me, but on the HQ set from 4 30 to 5. Or if you can wait till 6
0: 30, I got, I got stuff. I I'll can't do here. it. Or or, or, or or listen, if you want to go, there will be a Friday pod. The question is whether we do a Thursday one because I can't do one later. That's the thing. I, I have other things that I need to tend to work wise, writing to,
1: to work wise Thursday at six thirty
0: writing wise, work wise. And then, you know, you're trying to go out might need to Well, I might actually need to meet people. But yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, you're putting people before the podcast. See, I'm, I'm not. not I'm, I'm not, putting not putting people. You're putting not, people before the podcast. I'm putting a work meeting before the podcast. I'm not putting it's, dinner it's, or party I, I, or people before the I'm, podcast. Th- there's no. There's no
0: parties that early. It's not. It's nothing like that. It might be a little tricky. Yeah,
1: there is no late, late night. Somebody saying late night pod on third. There is no like no shot. I mean, no, can, do, no you, no shot. do you understand you, how you no know know what, shot that is? Do you know what late nights at the final four on Thursday look like? <laughs> do you realize how much of a no
0: shot that is? Yeah. That's now there is a Friday. There is a friday morning podcast from the hq set that 100 cannot do that that one Paris can't no. get to but they want us to do one from the hq set so that friday morning will be me and boone that will be from the hq set in the morning they want to do the hq one so strong will be there gp listen he's the he's the king of cbs sports network that's the other thing there's a lot of stuff going on right now who
1: who had who had odds on norlander saying he can't do the pod at 6 30 because he's got to get to the bar <laughs>
0: I, that's not where i'm
1: going that sounds like something i would not say. what i'm doing
0: it's not what i'm doing but there are there are there are things to tend to it oh, might it's, that might be a tough to tend swing to
1: things to tend to <laughs> i've got things to tend to <laughs> uh,
0: all right here's the deal we might have we we also covered a lot here and if this is the first time you're listening to the pod you're catching us in normal form i won't even say this is rare form We'll have a maybe on a Thursday pot. You'll definitely get a Friday pot. That's 100 percent happening. And then, you know, we'll have Saturday reaction, Sunday. We got plenty of these coming via, but Thursday might just be a bit trickier than we thought.
1: Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Wendell Mitchell. 6'3 legend. Averaged 2.9 points, 25 games for Baylor in the 2016-17 season. Then transferred to Texas AM. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening now College Basketball Podcast in the Middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. Woo! I never seen one. I got one more
0: thing before we get out of here. This will be Good. fast. Thank I wanted to bring this up. Last thing. Eric Church. You're a big Eric Church fan. He canceled I, I, his concert. Yeah. I'm aware that Eric Jer- Eric Church exists. I'm not a fan. Huge I mean huge church guy here, no doubt about it. In all facets, GP. Um I got to give a shout to Darren Vaught. He said the most North Carolina thing about this is the fact that Eric Church went to App State and he's canceling his concert for Duke <laughs> Carolina, which speaks to the very nature of that rivalry. But I at least, music guy, wanted to bring it up because it is actually kind of wild. Dude's a massively successful music star and is not playing a show because he's got to watch Duke Carolina. That's kind of wild. He was supposed
1: to play in San Antonio Saturday night and he just said, you know what? We're canceling the show. <laughs>
0: like,
1: like There's it- like significant legal drawbacks from this by the way. I don't even know how that's working. I, I, like
0: he's transparently telling you, I got to watch the game. I'm not playing the show. I don't know how they handle that. Like, you it's He didn't just
1: try to say, like, you know, I've got family issues or there's a family emergency or, you know, his drummer didn't pass away. He just said, I'm going to go watch a basketball game in New Orleans. <laughs> I love that energy, though. I absolutely love it. Uh, you if you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars. Nice review. Don't ever forget don't let them trick you there's more of us than there are of them if you're on youtube smash that like button if you haven't subscribed yet to the youtube channel please knock that out we're going to talk to you again real soon in some form till then take care